Hey, welcome. I'm your host, Abby Sisko, and you're listening to PR Pop. If you're here right now, I'm assuming you also consume other sorts of media. So you've probably seen a content creator controversy or a celebrity mishap. But what is actually happening when something goes wrong? When celebrities delete all their photos with that one friend or a content creator makes an apology video? Join me and my guests as we talk about the wild, complex, and sometimes funny intersection between public relations and pop culture. Hey guys, thanks for listening to PR Pop. Today's episode, we're going to talk about Taylor Swift and some of the drama she had with Kanye West. This was a couple years ago, but I felt like it was worth bringing up since it kind of went on for a little while. And there's probably some PR stuff involved, for sure. So today I have two guests on. Uh, they're actually Anderson graduates. But yeah, can y'all introduce yourselves? Yeah, my name is Herlinda Zavallis. And I'm Caroline Turner. And we both graduated uh, in May this past year. Sweet. And what are y'all doing right now? I am the social media specialist for the city of Greenville right now. And I actually just started at a marketing agency called Story. Oh, sweet. Okay, awesome. So both of y'all were PR majors in when you are Anderson, right? Yes. Sweet. I love that that unified yes. <laughs> that was great. The exact same thing. We were PR majors and marketing minors. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, so can y'all tell the listeners a little bit about your your knowledge of Tw- Taylor Swift? Were you a fan? Are you still a fan? What do they need to know? Yes. So I am a fan. I've been a fan of Taylor Swift since I was, since I, for as long as I can remember. Um, haven't been 100% like known about the drama, but I've heard about it. But I've always been a Taylor Swift fan. Yeah. And same here. And I think with how public all this drama was you really didn't even have to try to keep up with it to know exactly what was going on just because of I mean it being kind of everywhere at that time Mm -hmm. yeah definitely so yeah for those of you who don't keep up with Taylor um, or don't really know what she does she's a singer-songwriter definitely come into the pop star realm for a couple of years now she started off kind of like country music I think but she's been involved in a good bit of kind of bad blood, frenemies situations with other celebrities. And she often, what I've seen online is she often reflects that in her music videos. Sometimes her music videos are a comeback to other celebrities. Have y'all seen that or have y'all heard of that? No, yes, absolutely. Especially with her relationships. The whole reputation (laughs) album was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. So we're just going to tackle a section of that. Um, So we're going to talk about her drama with Kanye West. So it really began in, I think it was 2009, at an award show. Kanye interrupted Taylor's acceptance speech for Best Female Video. And he talked about Beyonce's video, basically saying, like, she's the best, like, had the best video or whatever. I thought it was ironic, though. I just found out when I was researching this that Beyonce won the best video of the year. So I feel like it was kind of ironic for him to like come up and interrupt her speech when Beyonce also won an award. But, you know, it's Kanye. So No, yeah, that's that was crazy. I remember seeing that video and like I still see it. Like it still pops up on like all social media because it was yeah. that like video um when Kanye just like presented the award and 
didn't even let Taylor speak and was like, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you finish. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was, yeah, it was interesting. You'll have to watch the full video to get the vibe, but he, she just didn't like respond in the video. Like I watched it just kind of cuts. And so I don't think she ever got to refinish her speech or anything like that. So my first question is, as a creator, a celebrity, you know, what should they do when they're faced with this like sudden crisis? If like someone interrupts their speech or something, um, as a PR person, what would you recommend that how they respond to that? Or how can someone prepare for that? Um, I think that like if something just out of nowhere happens, it's best to keep a professional viewpoint on that just to like stay true to yourself. Like Mm -hmm. do not like anything you say in that moment could like make or break your career. You know, the way you respond to situations like that, it's, it will reflect on you. Yeah. I think it has a lot to do with crisis management as well, because I mean, the whole point of that situation is that it takes you off guard. You're very unprepared. So having kind of a crisis management plan for things like that to happen. So when they do happen, you are prepared and you kind of have your PR team on your side to know this is what I should say or act during this situation. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. What do you think about Taylor's response? Do you think that she handled it pretty well? I know in the interview afterwards, um, like right after the award show, she was, she said something like, oh, like it was great. Like, and then Kanye came up and then she was like, oh, Kanye's here. And then she didn't get to finish her speech. So how do you think that she responded to that? Um, I can't quite 100% remember like how she responded, but I remember her not really like, like in the moment, she didn't really say anything. Um, So I think that honestly, that could have been the best way to handle that. Because if she had said something about it, there's a chance that she maybe nowadays the word is canceled. She could have been canceled for it. So I think that the way she responded in the moment was not a bad idea. Just kept her composure didn't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I think about it, I think of the age difference there. I mean, she was still kind of an up and coming pop artist. She had gone from country, kind of changed her genre a little bit. So I think that was kind of in the middle of that transition. And just with her age difference with Kanye, kind of playing that victim card, even if it was unintentional, I think from a PR standpoint, that did her, I mean, that was the best thing possible for her because she could kind of have that comeback and have the opportunity to be like, you know, I'm the underdog in this situation, play the victim card and go on from there. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I bet that is so strange to have someone much older than you, who you'd probably expect to maybe be a little more composed to like come up and interrupt your speech and kind of not really directly attack, but it definitely did not. It definitely kind of threw shade on Taylor, I feel like. Oh, yeah. And he like, I think he apologized. I don't remember if it was right after. I don't think it was right after the award show, but in interviews later, he was like talking about how he was like sorry for it and that kind of thing. And that lasted for a little while. But then he came out later in a different interview and was saying kind of like just saying like he wasn't apologetic for it. In an interview, he said, I feel like in some ways I'm a soldier of culture. And he was like, yeah, people might be like mad that like I like support just like culture and like really good music but he's like oh but I'm just like not apologetic so that was definitely interesting so he kind of like retracted that apology and yeah he said I don't have one regret I'm just reading some other quotes but also five years later Kanye and Taylor like news came out and they were like oh they're fine like they've mended their relationship but around 2015 2016 
Taylor was asked, I think maybe by Kanye, it's kind of debated, to present Kanye with the MTV VMA award. Um, and she says, she kind of throws shade a little bit. She's like, I'm happy for you and I'm going to let you finish. But she also said, but Kanye West has uh, one of the greatest careers of all time. But then he like turned around and in his accepted speech, basically was like, oh, they had Taylor come on just for the publicity. And so that was a major like news thing that was happening. And then again, later on, Kanye wrote a song. I can't remember what the name of it is, but he had this lyric in it. It was like, um, I'm trying to see if I have it right down. It basically said something like, oh, I made that be, you know, famous. Um, I'm keeping it clean for now. <laughs> but um, and her Taylor's spokesperson responded saying that Taylor didn't agree to this lyric. Basically, she didn't know that she was going to be called like a B-word. So why do you think we're in other situations where Taylor has been primarily the one to respond online and stuff like that? Why do you think here Taylor has a spokesperson respond, um, like claiming, you know, saying that this wasn't agreed to? So I think that Taylor had a spokesperson in that situation because if for some reason the spokesperson misspoke or like said something that she didn't agree with, she could go and say, oh, I don't feel that way. I disagree with that. I never said that, you know, so it's kind of like a hit or miss situation with that. So I think that that's why she had a spokesperson there. But that's mm-hmm. just my viewpoint on that. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that, I mean, like I said before, the with the victim card, I think that also helps her case in that just so that she can personally detach herself from the drama and not have a say in public just to kind of tell, I mean, everyone watching, like, I'm better than this drama. I'm kind of above that. Um, I'm going to kind of keep to myself and focus on myself. And I think that says a lot about her maturity, even with the age difference. And I think it continues to make her the victim and Kanye the bad guy. Mm, Yeah. So uh, keeping this in mind, do you know of any content creators that you're aware of that have spokespeople or have PR people speaking on their behalf? Like, do you know of any or slash do you know of those that don't that should have? Yeah, so I think that nowadays um, most celebrities, content creators on any platform, music, TikTok, YouTube, they all have PR PR team um, (laughs) specifically for this reason. When a crisis comes up, they like aren't 100% sure how to deal with it. So they go to their PR team and they're like, how do we find a solution to this? So I think that, I think it's smart for, like, for example, I know that David Dobrik has, I don't know if you know David Dobrik, he's a YouTube star, he has a PR team, and he's been in a lot of scandals over the years with his videos and his friends getting permission, like, to be in videos and stuff, so he's had to speak on a lot of things, but in reality, it's not really him speaking, it's more of his PR team speaking, so I think that in some, in certain situations, I think it's smart to have a spokesperson um help you out and kind of just like like caroline said before like remove yourself from the situation like not have to get involved in like the small bits of drama that like you're somehow put in yeah yeah i know i can't think of anything like when you see a lot of it's so digital now that it's not really a live of like a spoke person coming up and like speaking it's more like a typed message or apology now with social media and how it is And so I think, Mm -hmm. like, where a spokesperson comes into play in that is helping, like, behind the scenes, like, writing the apology um, with that crisis management in mind again. 
But I think with, especially when it comes to apologies and when you're not the victim, like Taylor in this situation, and when you're the person who is being, um, like who everyone is looking at that you did something wrong or whatever, um, that it needs to be personal in that way. Because if you were on the other side, like if Kanye wanted to apologize in this situation and he had a spokesperson apologize for him, that wouldn't look better any better for him just because it's like it's less personal that way yeah yeah they're definitely looking for a response from him as i think especially because he will flip-flop and we've seen him do that that i don't know but then again if he responds they it might not land just because he's kind of been known to you know take back his statement but yeah that's a, a good point and i'm sidetracking a little bit more here but when should you be clear when a spokesperson is speaking for you and when is it okay to have you know a PR person edit your response edit your apology and not inform your your readers your listeners your audience that that's what's happening I think I mean like I said before I honestly can't think of a scenario to where a celebrity did say hey I didn't type this out but I'm sorry (laughs) yeah I I really can't think of that and I think it's so common now that when you read a celebrity's apology you kind of assume, obviously, whether they made it or not, they didn't type out every like all the letters of that or all the words of that. Um, so I think it's honestly just assumed at this point, especially with big like big name celebrities, that they do have a team helping them out. And I think it's up to the fans whether it's like, is this genuine? Um, but I think it goes a lot more into the uh, um, motive behind it rather than like the individual words that are typed out. Um, so I honestly think, like I said, it's just assumed at this point that people do have PR teams and they help them out with that kind of thing. Yeah, even yeah. when it's like, there was a situation, I can't remember exactly who, but there have been times where I've seen celebrities on Instagram kind of post like an apology video of them like recording themselves apologizing. Mm-hmm. Even then, like a lot of people know that now, by now, especially that it's not them like that coming from their hearts, most of the time it's written by their PR team. Mm-hmm. And like Caroline said, it's kind of just known by now that some apologies from celebrities and content creators it doesn't directly come from them. It comes from, it might for some reason come like parts of them, but they have to run it through their PR team in order to like be a hundred percent sure they're not saying anything that's going to like back, go back on them or anything. They got to make sure that, their words don't get twisted right right and I know like some celebrities you know they'll write something up and that's what happens is a PR person will review it so it just is kind of depends on what they say um but also that's why like I can't remember what creator we were talking about maybe it was Trisha Paytas or I don't know somebody controversial and I remember people tweeting like where's her PR team you know like who let her say this kind of stuff so it's definitely like out there but yeah, if you didn't know that, that's, that's part of why I enjoy talking about this because like not everyone knows that maybe some of these things are written by PR people and they really influence a lot of kind of what goes behind some of these celebrity and content creator lifestyle stuff. So yeah, that's good. And the drama just continues essentially. At another award show, she gave a speech and it wasn't directed at Kanye, but it was a speech encouraging women to keep working even if people try to take credit for their work or to drag them down and that kind of thing. Um, But a lot of people recognized that that situation most likely pretty much had to do with the situation with Kanye. And then Kim Kardashian, Kanye's wife at the time, 
um because they're divorced now right yes yeah um yeah so kim um enters the chat says that taylor has been playing the victim um she posts a like quote-unquote receipt so a video of the conversation that kanye had of supposedly taylor saying that it was okay for her for him to have that lyric um the lyric about her making her famous or whatever um what i thought was so funny is she posted it on snapchat which i'm like when did celebrities post on snapchat to reveal like information like this yeah i it's i feel like celebrities post on snapchat because they're going because most of our generation and a generation now focus on snapchat instagram and tiktok like the top top three Mm -hmm. social medias right now and i feel like she posted that to get that audience and kind of have it like a 24-hour thing like so it can Mm. eat out of like and not stay it seems exclusive yeah Yeah. Mm, that's interesting that's a good point so do you think the that 24-hour period was that for it to feel exclusive so people would like grab onto it do you think she did that intentionally absolutely yeah for sure yeah that's so interesting um so yeah, I'm I'm covering this kind of broadly and sp- skipping years because there was just a lot to cover. But then uh, Taylor comes out with her Reputation album and the song "Look What You Made Me Do." So we've seen that she includes a lot of her real life drama into the songs, um, or she's like responding to the drama in these music videos. From a PR perspective, what do you think about this? this form this media of responding to online drama i think that it could be like a hit or a miss kind of situation um it could be a good thing it's not a good thing it's not a bad thing i think that since she's not really like saying their names in this song she's kind of mm-hmm. kind of just like talking about the situation but not really like saying adding any names she and she's making she's making great music out of it so it's like yeah, but um, I don't think it's necessarily a bad form of responding to the drama, but I also don't think it's the number one thing that everyone should go to. You know, I yeah, to kind of bounce off of that, I think that Taylor. I mean, even when she first started her first album, um, had like her ex boyfriend's names in it, and so she was kind of known for that. Um, even before all this drama even happened, and as we all know, PR is all about relationships and. I think for this particular album, she chose the relationship with her fan base over the relationship with the rest of the public eye. Um, And I think that really benefited her just because with this album, she kind of, it was like a little like secret passcode between her and her fans. So they got to kind of step into her life and see that from a whole different side after she'd been played the victim for that long. It was kind of in her hands to flip it over and say, you know, like, I'm not powerless. Um, and I think that was a huge message to her fan base. Yeah, that, that's a good point because she definitely does have like little hints and things that people will just pull apart. Like her fans will pick apart and try to like unravel this clue or something like that. Um, and I think she does that with like other music videos, like hinting at albums and stuff like that. So I've definitely seen some of that online. And so I think that's that's a great point. Her fans, I think that's attractive to her fans. And I think you make a good point in saying that, you know, she's primarily like talking to her fans. She's like keeping up her reputation. She's working. She's working for her fans. And like you said, not just for the drama. And so, you know, Kim 
posted the receipts. She also was the one to kind of trend the calling Taylor a snake. So Taylor uh, responded to this at one of her shows. She said, I went through some times when I didn't know if I was going to get to do this anymore. I wanted to send a message to you guys that if someone uses name calling to bully you on social media, and even if a lot of people jump on board with it, that doesn't have to defeat you. It can strengthen you instead. So, like, from a PR perspective, how do you feel about this response? Do you think it was a pretty good response to what Kim K said? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it was, especially in, like, kind of the theme of being the victim and the underdog. And, I mean, everyone kind of tends to root for the underdog, um, especially in these big dramatic events. So I think that, you know, during Reputation, she kind of took the power back. And then uh, this was her way of kind of evening the playing field, saying, listen, like, I'm just because I'm like a powerful independent woman does not mean that I'm bulletproof. And like, it kind of humanized her a little bit more after the album came out. Mm -hmm. Um, And also kind of bringing back that underdog theme of that people tend to um, favor in situations like this. I agree with what Carolyn said with, uh, I mean, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I mean, so like she said, she was an, she was an underdog. She was being pretty much bullied by Kanye in that in that situation, and so she turned around, made a whole album from the strength that she built, and pretty much is showing her fans like, hey, don't let anyone bring you down. Let it strengthen you instead. So she's showing her fans pretty much like, look at me, follow like pretty much follow me, her fan base. So I think that that's pretty much what she, what I think about that response. Yeah, and, like, going back to what you were saying earlier, Caroline, like, this is just another instance where she's focusing on her fans. She's using this as an opportunity to, like, encourage her fan base, which is probably, like, a lot of young women. Mm -hmm. And so that probably, like, resonates a lot with them um, that she can use this situation. I mean, in PR, we talk about how crisis is, like, an opportunity, and she used this opportunity to turn it around. And I think use it in a really good way that just continued to build mutual relations with her fans so even though this probably brought her a lot of hardship and struggle I think you know she's come through it pretty well and so later a full version of the 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 call with Kanye and Taylor about the song came out and it kind of was like revealed that maybe Kim had like edited some out or maybe like she didn't really agree to that specific lyric and so even though this whole the whole video came out I'm not sure like like I don't know about other people but I didn't even see the whole video until just recently but what advice would you give to a content creator celebrity if this information about them isn't clear so it's not really clear who's in the wrong and who's in the right um how should you respond if like evidence can't really fully clear your name I think it has a lot to do with fan base. I mean, especially in this drama instance, people had already picked sides. I mean, the Taylor Swift fans were going to be Taylor Swift regardless and vice versa mm-hmm. with Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. There wasn't a lot of middle ground in that, like especially with the like, fans who did get involved. Like regardless of what was clear and what was not, there was going to be two sides to each story. So that's why going back to Taylor's response, I think that she said it the best she could where she kind of stayed objective and didn't, call anyone out in that response after her album but she just said like don't let that get you down type thing like kind of what her was saying so 
kind of stay neutral into all that and not have to get into every single detail of the drama. Just like I said before, to know that she can be above it all. Yeah, I feel like the way that Taylor responded to it, I mean, she didn't stoop down to Kanye or Kim's level. She kind of just stayed neutral to herself and especially for her fans. I mean, in situations where evidence can't really clear your name, you can't really do a lot because, I mean, people are going to believe what they believe. Like like Caroline said, Kanye West, Kanye West fans, Kardashian fans are always going to believe them. And then Taylor Swift fans are loyal, so they're going to believe them. So it's like kind of a hit or miss with that situation. So mm, yeah. I think that the way Taylor responded to that was probably the best situation, the best way that she probably could have responded. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That makes a lot of sense. And that's just PR. You know, we've said this, that PR is about relationships. And they've, both of them have, you know, somewhat good relationships with their fans. Um, and so that can really help you with your reputation later on. So kind of finishing up, um, where do you guys think that Taylor's career will go from here? Do you think that she's going to continue to be involved in drama? Uh, you know, does she attract drama? What do you think her career is going to look like going forward? I mean, I think since it's since that situation's happened, obviously celebrities, there's always something that happens with them and their lives are pretty known to the public. So every little thing that they do is going to be known. But I think that since it hasn't really been, I mean, I haven't heard a lot of like drama going on with Taylor. No, She's kind of been so. staying to herself and... I mean, obviously, it's inevitable that you're going to have some kind of drama. But, I mean, right now, she's been focusing on her. She just got an album put out. Like, she's been focusing on her music. And, like, yeah. it's her music's definitely, like, been changing over time. And you can tell. But I don't think she's stopped the trend of, like, whenever she is involved in drama or has, like, a bad breakup or a bad friendship. She does turn around and use that and makes, I mean, makes a great song out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember, like, after all this drama, she really went private for a long time. I mean, she kind of hid from the public eye. And even her music now compared to her old music where she would say, like, the literal names of her ex-boyfriends. Now, I mean, it's assumed of who she's singing about, but she never directly addresses that. Like, with the Taylor's version of Red came out and everyone was like, Jake Gyllenhaal, oh my gosh, like, screw him, Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And, like, notice how she never, like, really commented on that. She continues to focus on, listen, I write songs because they're real scenarios and I know I'm not the only one going through this. So like, there was like a comment where they asked like who this song was about. And she said, you know, like whoever you need it to be about. It's like when you listen to these lyrics, don't think about my life, but think about how you can relate in your life and how this can help you go through that time. So I think that she's really responded well and not directly getting herself into drama by name calling, but using it to relate to her audience. Yeah, that's something like, I love about Taylor Swift is like, that's why she has. Like, if you ever have a breakup or anything, what song do you go to? A Taylor Swift. (laughs) Just scream it, you know? Like, I like that she says stuff like that. Like, you know, don't think about what kind of drama came from my life to make that song. Think about what in your life is going on that can relate to that song. And that's something that Taylor Swift is known for. I mean... There's happy songs, there's sad songs, there's all of the above, and you just got to find your perfect Taylor Swift song. Yeah, definitely. No, yeah, that's a great point, and I feel like this gets said a lot in my podcast, but it's like authenticity. People are really, people are really attracted to authenticity and just being real, 
So yeah, but this has been a great conversation. I've learned something. Um, I think our listeners will learn something for sure. So thank you guys, both of y'all for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having us. us. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of PR Pop. My hope for this podcast is it gives you something to take away that you hadn't thought of before, whether that's for a client or just for yourself. If you want to see more content from PR Pop or suggest a topic, check out the Instagram at PR underscore pop underscore podcast.